We are live. We're live. And we're in the Big 12. Welcome to a very special Lockdown Bearcats live room. I'm Alex Frank. I'm joined by Zach Freeze. This is a welcome to the Big 12, the 4th of July special. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, including on YouTube. If you watch us on YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Freeze, we are up to 827 subscribers on YouTube. Frank, that's a that's an impressive number. You've uh, If you build it, they will come, and you've got 827 that have come. So, You know what's interesting about that, Freeze, and you say that, and I was talking to you about this right before we went live. So for those of you who are tuned in, uh, Zach Freeze is joining me from Pro Football Focus and the uh, Rally Pod. What's, that, that's right, the Rally Pod. Rally Cap which, Podcast, yeah. Rally and you, pod. and you can, actually, I mean, I say, I, see, I say I'm joined by Zach Freeze, and yet I, I, I feel like I'm being joined by TJ Friedel or Jake Fraley. Yeah. With the, uh, I got the headband. A headband. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm Joe Burrow now. Yeah. But uh over the next 60 to 90 minutes, we're gonna break everything down for you. We're going to um we're gonna talk about the Bearcats in the Big 12. The 12 most exciting things about being the Big 12. I've already mentioned them. Freeze, you can add anything or agree or disagree as you always like to do with me on sports any way you want it, which that is what makes great sports talk is when there's disagreement. And then we're going to do a football and basketball roster analysis. And because the city of Cincinnati is just in a sports high, we're going to talk some Bengals, some Reds, some FC Cincinnati. Freeze, you like soccer, right? You're a soccer expert. I have uh, I've seen, I think, one game this year. So go, go team, FCC. Go team. Can you still not name 10 hockey players? Um, it'd be hard. Connor Bedard. I know who he is. He hasn't played a a game yet, so he doesn't count. He's going to be real good. Real good. Well, the Blue Blue Jackets just hired a a head coach with an impressive resume, so I might be be looking into season tickets. So let's get into it. The Cincinnati Bearcats are in the Big 12, and I – Freeze, this is something that that we have – talked about for a long time, whether it be on our show when we were at BearCast Media. And for those of you who don't know, Zach was my right-hand man when I was sports director at BearCast Media for three years. And we talked about it on we talked about it on our show. We talked about it at, at our Wednesday lunches that were always incredible. We talked about it on broadcasts of games. And now the BearCats are finally here. Like, what's the one word you think about when you when you think about? Oh my gosh, the Cincinnati Bearcats are in the Big Twelve. I would say, in a like Fourth of July themed um, way, uh, one word to describe it in the Fourth of July is uh, today. So it, it kind of fits is freedom, right? We are free from the AAC, and I, I look. I don't want to be like. You know, too critical of the AAC. We had some laughs. We had some good times in the AAC. But this is what it's all about, right? Like getting to a power conference, 
obviously more revenue, um, more, you know, better competition, right? Um, easier to not only get into the NCAA tournament in basketball with more opportunities on your schedule, but easier to make the college football playoff. We had to bust down the door in 2021 and everything kind of had to fall our way um, to get to the college football playoff. Now, hopefully now with the expansion and, you know, uh, being in a better league, you can lose a game or you could, you know, maybe trip up and you're still going to be in a position to um, play in a meaningful game, bowl game or a play, you know, either a New Year's six or maybe a, you know, when the, when the uh, playoff expands, if you lose a game or two, you're still right in the thick of the, the big 12. So we're, we're free from, we're not restrained to just like the AAC. There's just like last year in basketball, right? Like we just didn't have any good, win- like we didn't beat anybody. We didn't have any good wins because we didn't really have many good opportunities, right? Like UCF was like one of our big wins and they were, you know, not very good, you know? So um, just more opportunities and better. It's just so much better for us in, in every way, on every level. Um of freedom we're free freedom I, I i like that word i think there's definitely more i i think you hit the the hammer with the nail the margin for error is greater now you're not playing to not lose true you're true. playing to win right the playing to win is what you absolutely should do and but I do, but I do think that as a fan, you and naturally we felt this way. If the Bearcats ever lost a game, as soon as they lost to Arkansas, freeze the season was over. As 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 far as getting back to the college football playoff, when they lost to Arizona, and when they lost to Xavier, yeah, and when they lost to Houston twice, including one time they were up by thirteen, you felt like the season was over before it even began. No. If you lose a game to Kansas early on in the Big 12, it's not over. It's no. not over at all. Not at and all. I think – I don't mean to keep interrupting you, Zach, but I think that's what I'm most excited about. Now, as far as what I'm most excited about the Big 12, it is basketball. Because let's be honest, you don't have to be a college basketball aficionado to – know and see how good of a conference the Big 12 is. We saw it every day last year, and now the Bearcats are a part of it. Every single game is going to feel like a tournament game. And how cool is that? And I think specifically, I'm thinking about Kansas. Like As soon as the Bearcats are announced, they're going to the Big 12. What was it? September something of 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember one of my first thoughts was Kansas basketball game at Fifth Third Arena. And you, Freeze, you've been going to basketball games for your whole life. You remember, I don't know if you were at this game, but 2012, they played Syracuse on Big Monday on ESPN. So I, I think it was like a nine mm-hmm. o'clock. Tip. I Syracuse remember the game. Was, I don't think I was there, but yeah. Yeah, that was a huge game. Syracuse was number four in the country. Yeah. You're going to get that back this year. Potentially. You can play on Big Monday. You can play on a prime Saturday slot. You're not going to be stuffed on ESPNU at 3 o'clock on a Sunday. 
you're going to get on ESPN at 4 o'clock on a Saturday when everybody's tuned in because they're snowed in, right? Well, I mean, yeah, you replace you replace the ECUs and the Tulsas and the Tulanes with Kansas and Baylor and Kansas State, West Virginia. Like, it's just going to be so much. I, like, it's just going to be – I can't imagine the atmospheres for those games. Like, And it's not like the atmospheres are bad in Fifth Third Arena for, you know, some of those AAC games. But the when I think of, like, basketball, like last year, the shootout, like that was the first time I'd ever been at Fifth Third as a fan for a shootout game, and that was, like, crazy. It was unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, you see really? – it's great, yeah, yeah. That was my first, yeah, like, first time as a fan. First time as a fan. I know we called the game a couple of years ago, but that was an unbelievable atmosphere. So now I expect, like, now that we're in the Big Twelve, when West Virginia comes into town, or when Kansas State comes into town, or Oklahoma State, or Kansas, or Baylor, or Texas, like, that's what it should be like every night. Like, that's what it should. That's what I hope it's going to be like every night. Like a that kind of atmosphere packed. Not a you know not a seat to be had in there, um, or at least close to that. I know the shootout's a little bit different just because it's a rivalry and you know people care a little bit more. But like when Kansas, even like a you know Texas Tech comes in here like on a, on a Monday night at nine o'clock, like that thing should be we should be rocking. It's going to be a heck of a lot better, and I'm not you know bashing our fans or anything, but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than us playing you know. ECU on a Tuesday night and, you know, there's 8,600 people there instead of, you know, which I, what I would hope would be like 11, 12,000 when, when we were for all these big 12 home games. So that atmosphere, like the atmosphere should be exciting. And that in turn, I mean, it can help you win games. Like you, we've seen, you know, um, fifth third has been a, had a, you know, you've had a home court advantage, even maybe if you're not the, the better team, you know, I can, it can often propel you. And in football too, I guess, you know, sometimes the crowd can, can propel you, get the crowd into it. Not all the time. And it's obviously step up in competition is going to be, you know, drastic. And it's going to be maybe a, a rude awakening at, at points, I'm sure for this, for this program and on both in both football and basketball, but it's exciting, Alex. Like I think people are going to, we're going to see people that are going to, you know, not that they didn't care before, but I think more people are going to care. Right. I think more it just helps people, more people are invested when they see, oh, West Virginia's coming to town or Kansas is coming to town. Baylor, the national champion Baylor, you know, whether it was, you know, because in conference it was only Houston, like, or maybe Memphis too, but like it would be Houston and Memphis, you know, people would show up. It'd be, you know, really good crowds. It'd be great and it'd be an electric atmosphere, but that would kind of be it. Right. And, and you're, still gonna get, you're still going to get Houston though. Sure, right, and those games will still be great. You know, those games were mostly great. I'd say when Houston came in, we saw it. I do, the- I do kind of wish Memphis was in the Big Twelve because I did really, I, I always got up for those games. Yeah, Memphis. Just because, yeah. just because and you know this, Freeze. That there's a lot of history between those two teams. But sure. to your point about Fifth Third and Nippert and how it has impacted games over the years. Look, there's two games. Again, if you're just joining us, we're about 12 minutes in. Uh, we're going to go about 60 to 90 minutes, hit on everything Bearcats in the Big 12, Cincinnati sports. Um, hope you all are having a great Independence Day, 4th of July, my favorite holiday. Freeze, is 4th of July your favorite holiday, or do you have another one? 
No, it's not my favorite. It's probably probably Thanksgiving, Christmas. Okay. Those are probably the top two. I don't Apple know. or pumpkin? Apple or pumpkin? Is that what you asked? Apple or pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. Come on. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not a huge fourth. Like I'm not. I'm not like. Obviously, I'm not anti Fourth of July. It's just I don't really. There isn't. Uh, yeah, respect the flag. I respect the flag, but I'm not like we don't do much for the fourth. Like I don't go many places. Like we. I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I've been to like a Fourth of July party or something or like. A, Interesting. But yeah, I mean it's cool. It's the summer. It's you know. Especially when you got a, a, a no pun intended red hot baseball team. True. Yeah, that makes it. Which I know, I know you're very happy about and no, no doubt. Obviously. So, so if you're just joining us, you can leave your comments uh, where you where you uh, are are able to do so. We'll get to them here. I'm able to show them on the screen, which I may or may not do. I might just read them. This will be in podcast form tomorrow. Um, Thursday show, potentially going to have James Rapine from Lockdown Bengals and all Bengals and all Bearcats and whatever else he's a part of. So, and he just, and he just wrote a book. So, clearly flexing on us. But where we are right now, Freeze, when I think about Nippert and Fifth Third, there's two games that come to mind. And, and you were on the call with me for both these games. Yeah. UCF 2019, yeah. which was the birth of Sauce Gardner. Absolutely. And 2020 against Houston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the uh, the line from Justin Williams in the athletic? Houston bites the dust. That was good. That's good. I like that. That was a fantastic line. That was really good. That was a great – that was an amazing game. Like, how would they win that? I – they just played defense despite yeah. – and, and I – they went 19 of 31 from the line and still won, but that's such a typical Bearcats game. Houston was like, they dominated for what, like 25 minutes of that they game. They dominated, but they never, they never pulled away. I remember it was like the, with the last like 15 minutes of that game where Houston only, I don't know how many baskets they made, but they just missed everything. Like they lit, they just couldn't buy. They were, they were pretty much, they were kicking our ass up and down the floor pretty much. Yeah. And for whatever, like the last 15 minutes, you see defended for sure. They were a lot better defensively, but they couldn't buy a basket. I mean, it was, and then obviously the bite, the Dajon Giroux bite, which is going to be. Uh, one of the that was one of the loudest yeah. games yeah. I've ever heard fifth third. And there were a lot of loud games that year. There were some loud games the previous year, including Houston on senior day. But I think about when, and really, and fifth third was packed for a lot of games last year. You were you were at the Temple game. I was there too. I think we were both at the SMU game. And it's cool now when you have Bengals players showing up to games like T. Higgins. Yeah. I just think about now you're in the Big 12. And to the casual fan, you freeze – you, when you look at a schedule and you see, as you said, West Virginia and Kansas and um, Kansas State, you know these programs. You don't really know ECU and Tulsa. Right. And you got up for them when the Bearcats were good because you hoped the Bearcats won. But, like, how hard was it to get up for Temple after playing Notre Dame, a, a game that you and I were at in 2021? Well, now it's okay. You're playing Oklahoma on a, a Saturday night. Well, I hope Saturday night on a Saturday, 
can you get can you get mentally prepared for a road trip to Provo, Utah on that next Friday? Can you then get up for Iowa State, Baylor? Like you gotta you gotta find ways to get mentally prepared because this is the power five, Zach. No doubt. And you know, I think right now we're in the honeymoon phase. Excuse me. We're in the honeymoon phase. This is great. There's a lot to look forward to. When the going gets going, though, how do we respond? Excuse me. How do the Bearcats respond? We're about 17 minutes in. Let's take a minute to uh, look at some of your comments. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in. Hey, while you're at it, subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. We are going to have a lot of fun this football season. Zach, I'm sure you'll be a big part of it with us here on Lockdown Bearcats. You also do some work for Pro Football Focus. Very, very good company. They are, of course, owned by the great Chris Collinsworth, former Bengals wide receiver. So we've got let's go Bearcats. Let's go big 12. Can't wait to renew the UC West Virginia rivalry and start others with schools like Kansas, Iowa state and Oklahoma state. That's Connor Cole. He also says, are y'all going to be in Dallas for big 12 media days? If so, are y'all going to do any shows down there? Hoping so. I'll get to that in a minute. Connor also said, looks like he needs the Cape and Viking helmet. Uh, That's referring to you. That's I should put my American flag on. I I, I had a, if you haven't seen my Instagram post today, I, I I had an American flag draped over me at the news desk up here at ABC six in Columbus. And that's another thing too, Zach. It's like, I, I, I'm up here in Columbus where, I mean, you know, Columbus is dominated by Buckeye fans, right? But I see my fair share of Bearcat fans and I see my fair share of Bearcat fans at the, at the Reds game on Sunday, which that was a great game to be at. Like when you walk around downtown and when you, Walk around, I don't know, if you go to Louisville or you go to Cleveland or you go to Chicago or you go to, I don't know, Columbus, Dayton. You see that red and black. I mean, it is now, I mean, it always was significant, but like, you're now a Power 5 team. Like, you're now, you're now one of the, the big boys. Yeah. And for, and for so long, we've had to act like we are. And they did, the Bearcats. But now you are one. To Connor's questions, the UC West Virginia rivalry, I want to freeze ask you this. Yeah. Does Bob Huggins resigning kind of cause the rivalry to lose some of its excitement? Um, I think a little bit. I mean, I think um, that would have always obviously been, you know, interesting had, had Hugs been back. I know Hugs has come back. Um, he came back a couple times before in the Big East days. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking forward to, to Hugs coming back and coaching against us. It's still – I mean, it's still a rivalry just because they are the closest team to us, right, Pretty by, by a pretty good margin, I feel like. Uh, West Virginia is not – Morgantown is not very far. Um, but, yeah, it loses a little bit of – it loses a little bit of its, its juice, I think, with Hugs going away. I mean, it's still, but they're still probably going to be, I mean, one of our bigger rivals, if you want to include, I don't know, Houston and UCF just from the, the old days of the, the AAC. But yeah, I, I still think it's, it's still a pretty prevalent rivalry. Uh, well, I mean, in, in football too. I mean, that, that was, you know, we had some, we played some great games against them back in the big East. And there's some, some classics. Against West Virginia, so there's still probably of all the teams, 
in you know that we're that aside from Houston and UCF, they're the clear. You know, they're going to be probably pretty clearly our uh, our rival. I do think it will lose something. Yeah, but because I feel like when the Bearcats joined the Big East in '05, and Huggins came to West Virginia a little a few years after that, right? But it does feel like that's all we knew it as when both teams were in the Big East. So I think when I look at this rivalry, proximity matters. And I do think both teams, because West Virginia had a down year last year, yet they still went to the NCAA tournament. But in terms of in terms of it, being as great as it was in the Big East, I think football's got a better chance simply because Bob Huggins is no longer there. And that was going to be something really cool because, I mean, you mentioned the name Bob Huggins. Bearcat fans know exactly who and what you're talking about. Um, Kansas is really interesting, Connor, because I think about the Jayhawks. Zach, do you remember? And here's what another thing I'm excited about the Big 12. And this comes from me being a Bengals fan. The Bengals Chiefs, the rivalry is so fun to be a part of. And yet you never would have thought two years ago, or not even a year and a half ago, that the Bengals and Chiefs would be the best rivalry in the NFL. I mean, here are the Chiefs, two straight Super Bowls, should have been three. The Bengals beat him twice in 21. You're thinking, okay, that's a fluke, one-hit wonder. Ah, no. The Bengals and Chiefs, Played two great games last year, and that's a rivalry. Yeah, and I say that I say all this because when the Bengals first played the Chiefs in twenty one, Kansas City was two time defending AFC champions. You didn't really know what the uh, the Bengals how they were going to fare against the Chiefs, and they beat them three straight times. Could the same happen with the Bearcats? It's like, well, why don't you get excited about a team who's close to you in talent? And close to you in performance, and that be your rivalry. But freeze, I think bigger than that. The Kansas Jayhawks. Can you imagine Cincinnati and Kansas having a college basketball rivalry the same way the Bengals and Chiefs have an NFL rivalry? And think about it. It's the Bearcats rebuilding. They're a proud program with history, and they're going up against the blue blood of all blue bloods in college basketball, playing a fifth third, raucous crowds. And then going to Allen Fieldhouse, which is one of the toughest places to play in all of college basketball. I mean, that could be a fantastic rivalry. Like the storyline is there. Well, I mean, I, I if we can somehow get to that level of where we're we're a rival with Kansas and basketball, I'm all for it. You know, but uh, we gotta we gotta kind of prove our worth. I think in the league first, right? Like we gotta be a. Uh, we got to be we got to be in the upper tier of the of the Big 12 in basketball. I think that might take that might take a little time before we're we're comparing it to to Bengals Chiefs, but if Wes Miller can do that then hats off to him cuz that'd be I am just taking it trying to take it year by year. I'm just trying to not be in the uh I'm just trying to not be in the bottom third this year, Alex, you know. I'm not trying to be one of the dregs of the league. I'm trying to kind of maybe this year you try and start uh, by being in that middle and that middle tier of the the league in basketball, that's kind of what I'd um, where I'd like to be at least. I think that's definitely a good goal because if you're in the middle tier, 
you're winning games that you should. You might steal a game against a team who's way better than you. And right. you're being competitive against teams who are better than you, like Kansas, like Baylor, like Texas, like TCU, perhaps. So I think that's a really good goal to have. And then two other teams that, Connor, you mentioned, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Iowa State, I can see because that's another close team. The Bearcats played him in 2000, uh, 2016. They beat him in in, uh, in Ames. Zach, you remember that game? Great one. Uh, Oklahoma State. That could, uh, I mean, uh, Oklahoma State's tricky because their arena's cool. Uh, Gallagher-Iber Arena. I don't know. But like, like, what about Oklahoma State is prox- is in proximity or has something to do with the with the the Bearcats? I, I'm struggling to to to, yeah. to understand that one. Now, if it is a rivalry, great. Yeah, football is going to be interesting. Going to Stillwater, I mean, you've watched plenty of games there. Um, sure. like how that crowd can really make a difference at Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, I think with some of these rivalries, it's like it's hard to it's hard to predict really. Except West Virginia, just since we played them so much in, in years past, it's hard to predict just because you know you don't know who's going to be. You know, you got to let the games, I think, play out. And if we end up playing a bunch of close games against, you know, Iowa State or Kansas State or Oklahoma State or whoever, then those were, I feel like those rivalry rivalries just kind of form naturally, right? Like, well, like it did with like UCF. Like, we didn't really go into this conference, the American, thinking like, oh, okay, like, yeah, UCF's going to be a rival. It just kind of happened, right, in football because we were both kind of duking it out for what, three, four five years uh, you had 2019 you had 2020 and then you had 2022 all three games decided by four points or less right so i feel like the the rivalry things are just going to kind of you got to let those you got to let games happen for like see you know or i guess yes. let it let it material let it marinate over time you know like if we play for the next three four years if we play iowa state to you know three you know, games that end up being within five, four points or something. And yeah, I mean, you might have something there, um, but it's hard to predict now like who we're going to like start rivalries with just because we don't have a lot of history playing a lot of these teams. You know, we haven't played except for West Virginia, Houston, and um, UCF. We haven't really played, you know, many of these teams consistently. So I can't remember the last time we played Kansas. I can't remember the last time we played. Excuse me, Texas. We played him in the 2012 tournament. Right. We should have played him in 2018, but we won't go there. Ugh. Right. Um, Connor. Also, Big 12 media days. I will not be there. I was hoping to be there. Um, I do know that my good friend and colleague Neil Meyer of the front office news will be there. Uh, we'll try and uh, have him on. He, he's going to Dallas. Be cool to be good at to go to AT and T Stadium, which that of course is where the Big Twelve Championship will be played. By the way, Freeze, enough of this that a team can host a conference championship game. We're going to go to a neutral site I this like year it. if the Bearcats go AT and T Stadium in Dallas. Which I'm I mean, you, say what say what you will about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, but that's a nice stadium. A lot of great games have been played there. It's I mean it, it's had it's had a national championship. The Bearcats played there in the college football playoff. So, again, yeah, that you were there. It's great. 
Well, it's something to see. It's a spectacle. Um, let's move. I'll get to other comments that keep rolling in here as the show goes on. Again, we're going about 60 to 90 minutes tonight. This will be in podcast form tomorrow. We got another show coming for you on Thursday. If you missed this or today, today's show, which, I mean, my days are all run together. I, I freeze. I completely forgot. And, and this is how this is how much I feel like I'm working, which is okay. I, I don't even remember what I talked about on today's show. He's, they all drag together, Frank. You do. You do they do. And they all blend together. You forget. I get and it. And I get it. And I get it. Here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, you know, we are for the fans. And I try to remember everything for you. But understand, like, you know, I I work in the news business. And I work hours that you might think, what the heck are you doing? And sometimes I ask myself the same question. So sometimes if I don't remember something, you'll know why. But let's get to, we hit on basketball, which I think we're really excited about. Yep. We hit on more exposure. I, I mean, just the, the, the week-to-week grind of Power 5 games, that's going to be something we haven't experienced. Personally and professionally, I get to interact with a lot of Big 12 hosts. I think Parker Ainsworth and Jay Catch of the the Houston Cougars and BYU Cougars, respectively, feel the same way. I've had them on this show before. So I think when I look at it from that perspective, and when I look at the fact that you're going to not be stuffed on a 4 o'clock ESPNU game, which I really don't understand why that's a thing. You're going to play at like 3.30 on Fox, or you're going to play at noon on ESPN. Like those are spots that people are going to watch. Like if you're following college game day, you're doing something right. Yeah. Exposure is another thing. Like I didn't even think about it. We talked about like how it's great for, you know, fan interest, moving to the big toes great for fan interest and revenue. But like, you're right. Like exposure, right? Like more eyeballs, you know, that's big for recruiting, right? Like more games on Fox, more games on even like FS1. I mean, more games on, right. Like being on Fox or FS1 instead of ESPNU or ESPN news or, I know there's still going to be some games on ESPN Plus, I think, which That's sucks. That's fine. But it's fine, I guess. I can deal with, like, maybe one or two a year in football being on being on there. I'd prefer none, but I understand. I think the Big 12 still has a deal. But, yeah, we don't, we don't know the full, like – we'll probably be on Fox, though, at some – or Fox or FS1, right, Frank? They've got to deal with – At some point, I think you will. At least one or two of those games will be on on Fox or FS1. And again, like you mentioned that, and you mentioned the bowl games. Like, I mean, look, the bowl games that people care the most about are the New Year's Six Bowl games. We know that. Yeah. But I, look, I've been to Memphis three times. I wouldn't mind going there for the Liberty Bowl. I wouldn't mind going to San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl. I wouldn't mind uh, Cactus on the Brazos. Brazos? Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. ESPN Plus will happen for at least three times and two times on FS1. I I, I can live with that. Is that a, is that is that scoop? Or I don't know scoop? if it's factually correct. Scoop or Brazos. If that is the case, that's fine. That's okay. I'm I'm not I, I'm not an ES. I hate. I'm just gonna. Say, 
I hate ESPN Plus. I really hate it, but well, it's fine. But what I'll tell you is, what I'll tell you is, Zach Freeze, what I will tell you is ESPN Plus is good because it allows for smaller schools to have a way for fans who can't go to the games to watch them. So the advent of it is beneficial in that regard. You don't yeah. like it because you feel like that the Bearcats should be on regular TV because they are a big brand and that everybody should be able to watch them. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I feel the same way. But I also think about the small schools like a Bellarmine or a yeah. Stetson. Like when you watch the A-Sun <laughs> tournament in February. No, it's great for that. It's, it's, it's good for that, for sure. I just feel like there's always technical issues. We always run in, or I, like I've run into a, a ton of uh, technical issues watching ESPN Plus. I don't know. Cactus on the process adding. It's not an, sorry to interrupt you. It's not an exact number, but about an average for most teams that are not OU or UT. Connor Cole adding. Do we need to drop the smaller schools like Miami then get then to get off ESPN Plus and get on main TV? No, I don't think you do. Um, Miami's UC's main rival still even though the Bearcats have won, what, 16 straight games against the Red Hawks, and yeah. it'll be 17 this year. Well, let I me mean, ask that- because I think that's an interesting question. Do you, like, with Miami, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not taking a stance one way or the other because I think there is, like, I, I see both sides to it. But do you, like, care that much about the, this rivalry that, like, no. you would be – upset if we stop playing Miami like if like if you see just next year I, I don't know what the contract says and how many more years are on their contract I think it's still for a little at least a little while um would you be that upset if they're just like we this is just dumb we're not we don't really gain a ton from this it's not you know I don't really think Miami can like we don't really think Miami cares all that much it's just kind of like it is what it is. I understand, but I also understand like the aspect of now that we're in the Big Twelve, you know, do you want to play? Do you want to risk playing a really good, you know, multiple Power Five schools? You know, you want to risk playing to a team from the ACC and a team from the Pac twelve or something or the Big Ten every year. I understand that aspect too, and. But it's just like Miami, it just feels like it's I don't know, maybe maybe when maybe a long time ago it, this rivalry had luster and some juice and Miami was relevant and you know the nineties or early two thousands with Ben Roethlisberger. but I don't know, Frank. It's just like I wouldn't personally I wouldn't be like upset if like we just stopped playing Miami. I don't it, I don't know, we don't gain I don't think we gain a ton from it. Um, but if they continue to play Miami for the next 50 years or whatever, I'm not going to be mad either, but it's just like, I don't think it's like a, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not a needle mover. It's not a needle mover. For me. Needle mover is a good way to say it because I, I think about the Bearcats have dominated the rivalry. They beat, they beat him by 21 last year. And that's after they fell behind 10 to nothing. Yeah, they they crushed him. They... <laughs> oh, Frank frozen, frozen Frank. Can you hear me? Okay. okay. Are we good now? Yeah, we're good now. <laughs> okay. And my, my, my calf fell asleep last night at, at the fireworks, so that's mm. interesting. Mm. Uh, actually, not my calf. My entire um, lower leg fell asleep, so that was fun. 
anyway, I think about I think about Miami, and I have a lot of respect for the rivalry because it is old. It is one of the oldest in college football, but what you see has dominated it for so many years. And I just think about what do you have to gain? You have a lot to lose, but if you don't have anything to gain, what's the point? You dominate the rivalry every year. Miami's not going anywhere as far as college football conference hierarchy. So I think about that, and I think about so much of, I think, Freeze, I just think there it does not need to be a game on the schedule. When you can go out and schedule games against Power 5 teams at neutral sites, why are you still playing Miami? You know you're going to win, and if you lose, that's going to look really bad. Can you imagine this honeymoon phase we're in right now? If the Bearcats lose to Miami this year, yeah. uh, there's going to be that week on this show, on the Tony and Mo football show, on any show in this city. It's going to be um, – it's not going to be fun. No, now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing comments like Big 12 saves ESPN and Fox for Texas OU and the big runner for that season. Yeah. Well, listen, Texas and Oklahoma leave after this year. It's right. not an exact number, but an average for most teams, they're not OU or UT. Um, Cincy versus any team that's not OU, UT will be on ESPN3, ESPN Plus, or FS1. I'm not really sure if I believe that. Maybe again, I but I don't, I don't know. And and the thing too is like, the thing too is, like I don't. There's there's only three games that we know of what times they are. I don't know if it's going to be in the American, and and I can't believe I'm referencing something from that time, but you always found out twelve days before that game. I don't know if that's how they do it in the Big Twelve. I think it'll it be is. interesting to find to find out if they do. I think it's a college football thing, no, Frank? It, it might be. Now, some games, I mean, yeah, because some games, like, you'll find out in November. But you're right, Zach. I think it is a college football thing, which that's why yeah. the NFL schedule is the best release of the yeah. schedule that there is in professional sports or in any sport. All right. We are going to get to – oh, looks like we have another comment. Uh, Connor says, I get the rivalry, but today in sports, it's about exposure and viewership. No one tunes into it, but a game against Louisville – or VT, or Utah, would bring more viewership and exposure, which means money. That's a good point right there, Connor. That might be the point of the night, which I wish I had a sponsor for that. Anyway, we're going to get to football and basketball. Oh, another comment. The only reason it is this way is because OU and UT are T-shirt schools and bring lots of eyeballs to every game. Again, yeah, but they leave after this year. So we're going to talk some Oklahoma, that game, I'm I'm assuming you see Oklahoma will be on Fox or that should yeah. be a nip and night game. I'm gonna write a letter to Brett Yormark, <coughs> excuse me, Brett Yormark and whoever else I need to write a letter to if that's not a I night game. It's not, it'll be a noon game. I don't know why. <laughs> I can on, live with a noon game. I like noon, noon on the Fox or something. I don't know. Noon on Fox. So then we can all go to the Reds Pirates game that night. And if the Reds are still playing yeah. for a division title, that's we'll true. get to that. And more football and basketball roster analysis after this here on Locked On Bearcats. Today's, tonight's, whatever you listen to this live room podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. 
Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to the first hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you again for all of you who make Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day or a priority to come on our live rooms. And we are going to have plenty more of these throughout the football and men's basketball seasons. Tomorrow, hoping to have James Rapine on this show. If not, well, which would be okay. We will go to plan B. I'm now joined by a Headband list, Zach Freeze. I, of course, am Alex Frank, the host of Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am still running on four hours of sleep, but that's okay. Actually, four and a half, but still. Uh, Connor says that he would like a nip and night OU game, but a noon game, like you said, would be awesome to be able to go to the Reds that weekend with rival Pittsburgh weekend in city incoming big weekend. Not only that, Freeze. But Monday Night Football that week is Rams-Bengals in the jungle. I will be at that game. Hopefully, hope you will be too. So, it's a big weekend. Um, and the weekend before is Oktoberfest. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that's the home big. opener against the Ravens. So, that's going to be fun. That's, that's big. So, here's the thing. When it comes to Bearcats football. And I feel like... I've said this many times. This season, I think it's going to be a lot better than people think. And I say that because unlike six years ago, there is a strong foundation in place. There are way more resources than there ever was six years ago. And the players, the talent is so much better. Because of where this program has been, That's why I think the Bearcats are going to succeed. And by succeed, I mean going to a bowl game. I'm not expecting them to play for a Big 12 championship in year one. Now, if they do, okay. But the point is, just like you've done, just like you've done 14 times in 17 years and 19 out of the last 26, just get to a bowl game. Is that still feasible freeze in your eyes? I think getting to a bowl game is definitely feasible. You know, I I thought, um, you know, at first I thought definitely we could we could get six seven wins, maybe maybe eight. But I, I think it's probably I think four. You know, what the total is like four and a half now. So I would take the over, but I, I think that I think a bowl game is definitely feasible. I think I think that, and that's kind of the goal. That's what I would shoot for. Probably. Probably six, seven wins. Uh, if they get to seven wins, I'd be tickled. If they get to six, I'd be happy. Anything less than that, you're a little bit, maybe a little bit disappointed. But, you know, it's also, there's. I feel like there's a lot of uh, toss-up. I feel like there's a lot of toss-up games, Alex. It's just like you got Iowa State. Iowa State's at home. Um, you know, there's a couple other games. You know, West Virginia on the road. Is, I know they're not very good, but anytime you go on the road in the Big 12, it's going to be it's going to be hard. Um, so I think six wins is feasible. I think that's probably about 
I'm somewhere between like five and where I think like five and six wins. I, I'm like right. You could talk me into either one. I think they'd hit the over of four and a half right now, but I'd say like five and a half wins if that's possible. Five and I, a half. And I think like you can look at the schedule, you can find five to six wins. I think they so. use a win. Miami's a win. Iowa State and Baylor are both wins. I think they can beat Kansas. So that you're already up to five. I think they can find a way to beat West Virginia on the road. Same with Houston. If you can then find a way to, let's say, um, I think UCF's also a win. I, I just think no. that – I think UCF because, like, to me, both teams are on equals. They're going into a Power 5 league. So, therefore, I, I think both teams kind of reset. They're both entering – the the grind and the gauntlet of a Big 12 schedule. That I mean, similar to, to basketball, Zach, when I think of the Bearcats and the, the, the Houston Cougars, it's like Houston's dominated over the last three seasons. But then you realize both teams are going to be in the same position. They got to go through the Big 12 gauntlet. And, 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 we, and we've said, look how ready Houston looks for the Big 12. But at the same time, are they? Do they take a step back? It's not far fetched to say, uh, yes. Cincinnati. I mean, look, they might struggle. They might go five and thirteen in yeah. the Big Twelve this year in conference play. Uh, Cactus on the Braz, 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 uh, Cactus. Uh, Cactus. Yeah. Cactus League. Five and seven is his prediction, or hers, or theirs. I should say. Then six and six next season. Then seven eight wins the next. Slow but steady improvement. The fast improvement is being done off the field. Great point. I like that. Great, Zach. I mean, that's a great point. You think about all that's that's happening right now. Recruiting. There's the 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 development, the building of the practice facility. Lot going on right now. I think the recruiting has been a little bit. I mean, I so far I know it's. You know, we haven't seen it on the field yet, so it's kind of hard to to judge too much. but yeah, I think the recruiting's been very solid so far. I mean, at least based on you know who who they've gotten on board and and they've you know they've had a lot of commits too. I've been really impressed. Is you know we joke like last year like Fickle had it seemed like he had a commit like he had like ten commits. Was that like a year ago at this time around this time maybe less than that or maybe a little less than that? But like he had like remember like ten commits in like a weekend or something. I mean, we've had a, quite a few commits. You know, seventeen commits already for twenty four. Pretty good number, and we still, you know, still got what a whole fall, you know. So long December is signing day, so it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. They just got Samaj Jones, uh, he's a four-star quarterback. So yeah, I've been, I've been really impressed with uh, with Satterfield on the recruiting front thus far. It's incredible, and I think about, I, I just think about like the relationship between the program and the fan base. And how much better it's been than it was. I mean, when we first started as students at use at Cincinnati, yeah. I mean, th- there was there were some fractures, and that's Luke Fickle's legacy. It's not only did he rebuild the program, he left it in a better place, and that's then Scott Satterfield comes in. It's a luxury where you come in, and what you have to do is essentially. Not damage it. 
And that's something my Caroline Fenton of Lockdown LSU echoed to me way back in March. Because we all know LSU last year had a first-year head coach by the name of Brian Kelly. I mean, Freeze, you might remember that name from uh, a few moons ago as a Bearcats fan. Sounds familiar. Familiar, yeah. What What I remember is Caroline said to me, I asked her, what is the worst case scenario for a first year head coach. And she said, don't damage the program. Mm-hmm. If the Bearcats go seven and five, you're building hope for the next year in the future. You go three and nine. Yeah. That's a long road back. And yeah. then the program is in a worse place than it was last off season when there was turmoil and not turmoil, when there was chaos. I mean, we all remember the uncertainty of that time. I mean, I remember exactly where I was when Luke fickle left for Wisconsin. It was a Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I was at our Charleston house, getting ready to watch the Bengals play the Titans, and then I spent the next two hours consoling UC fans, which is totally fine. But Freeze, I'm just saying. Yeah, and I hope fans don't have, like, I I know we we, were spoiled for the last, you know, four or five years with Fickle. I hope fans don't have, like, unrealistic expectations. And I think most UC fans kind of get it. Like, going to the Big 12, first-year head coach, I, I hope that, you know, they don't jump off the bandwagon just if this season's a little rocky or a little bit shaky or maybe, you know, maybe they go five and seven. I I just hope they get, you know, give Satterfield a fair shake. Like if if we go five and seven this year and then we take a step backward next year and go four and eight or something, and then you want to question things and like maybe be concerned, then that's fair. Like I totally get it. But I hope people aren't just like, Oh, if we don't win seven, eight games this year, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to work. I just, I think you got to be patient and just with all the turnover and, you know, first year head coach, new conference, whole new, basically, and let's just be honest, it's a whole new offense. The entire offense is new, except for the running back. Um, everything offensively is new. So, that is, you know, I think you really have to consider that. And I hope people do consider that. Like, all right, if things get off to a little bit of a rocky start, maybe we're like two and three or like three and four or something, or we end up, I hope people are like, you know, a little bit patient. And I think, you know, um, I don't even remember what Fickle's first year. I, I think people kind of got it. Like we were going to suck. Maybe we didn't think we'd be like that bad. But, like, I, th- I think people kind of got this was going to be a process because you had to clean up Cover Bill's mess. And I think people were, for the most part, like, yeah, I, I kind of get it. Like, this is probably – it's not going to be fixed overnight. And, obviously, we went from four wins, which we should have won one game. One. Wherever the camp, where's my camera? One win. We should have had one win in 2017. Um, and Fickle flipped that thing to 11. 11 wins in, in 2018. So – I hope people are mindful of that. Like they're not, I know Scott Satterfield wasn't the, you know, the, a fan favorite of a hire. And, you know, he wasn't my first choice. I don't really, you know, I don't know what, I don't know who the final, I don't know who was in the final pool of candidates, but I think you got to give him a fair shot, right? Like I said from the beginning, beginning I'm going to give him a fair shot. Um, I hope he, I hope he does well. And I'm, you know, I hope, you know, we, we, at least this year, like, like you said, you know, if we can go seven and five, great. that's phenomenal. If we can go six and six, I think that's good. And you can just kind of build off the momentum. You know, you, you hope you don't go, like you said, two and ten or three and nine, because then, you know, it, it 
it's an uphill climb and it's going to get harder. And, you know, this is a league where in the Big 12 where there's not many cupcakes, right? Kansas, you thought was kind of a, a cupcake a couple years back. Well, Lance Leipold, they're pretty good now. They're, they're pretty good. West Virginia, even like a bad West Virginia team, still going to be probably competitive. So patience, I think, is the biggest thing. Patience is a virtue. It is. It and is. I think, Zach, I think what's so interesting is where the Bearcats have bit, and there were those last year who were disappointed after they beat Indiana by 21. Yeah. Why? Why were you disappointed after that? Because we got you spoiled. Should been, you should have been elated that they beat, that they beat Indiana by 21. And so I think about... I think about that and the disappointment of a nine and three season, considering where they had been the previous two years. Right. So you have to realize that you're stepping into the power five with a new head coach who I think is right for this position. I think is going to have the offense humming in the big 12. And I just think Zach, I just think about, I, I, I think about how much, it, how much better it is. Yeah. You don't want to go back to the American. No. I mean, the Big East was as close as we got to the Power Five when we were in that. And right. now you're in the Power Five. So take the 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 um, the trials and tribulations and understand that it's going to be a success with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Eventually. Yeah. Now, you're right about running back being the only sure thing on offense. And I would even ask the question, who's the lead running back here? I would ask, and I would say defensively, that's what's going to keep the Bearcats in a lot of games. You referenced earlier the toss-up games. I don't know if there's a game on the schedule that I can say the Bearcats are definitively going to lose. I think every game is going to be really competitive. But can the offense do enough to win the game? That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think, like you said, I mean, I, I think Oklahoma is going to be a tough game. Um, but, you know, they weren't world beaters last year. They weren't very good last year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like you, we mentioned, like, I think uh, we mentioned on this podcast before that they've had, like, like they avoided, they they made out well with the schedule. They made out really well with the uh, with the uh, big Big Twelve schedule. Um, you know, they got what they avoided TCU and Texas Tech and uh, Texas, who I think are probably going to be the three best teams. You no, know, three of the four best teams. You know, um, so I think they made out well with the schedule. And um, it's like you said, I don't know that any game is like, oh, they couldn't win. I mean, going to Oklahoma State is going to be probably not fun, probably not going to be enjoyable. And, you know, we, we, you know, Oklahoma, I think, is going to be a lot better this year. But, you know, and, and uh, Dylan Gabriel's tough, but he's been he's been here before. And he had, you know, he's he uh, he had some fun at that nip at night. And what was that? 2019. Like we talked about earlier. So maybe that maybe we can get uh, maybe we can get his number. Maybe, maybe we just have his number, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, 
We'll see. It's uh, you're you are right in the sense like there aren't really there isn't a world beater on the schedule this year. Well, like I don't know. I, the rankings haven't dropped, right? I don't think any of the teams that we're going to face are going to be ranked in the top fifteen preseason. Would they? Maybe Oklahoma, but as far as I know, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't think any of those teams will be. Topic. Oklahoma would be the one. Maybe Oklahoma, but I don't think anybody else will be. You know, TCU and Texas are probably going to be ranked in the top, what, top 10, 15, probably. And maybe t- I, people people really like Texas Tech. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like you said, we, we locked out. We really locked out with the schedule, Frank. I mean, we, we really – I don't know that we've got much of a better draw on this schedule. So – you avoid a lot of the teams who were very good last year, including two the two who played for the Big 12 championship in Kansas State and TCU. Um, basketball, I mean, what an offseason they have had. We know that. I'll say this. And I, I think the key player for next year's season is Dan Skillings Jr. Mm. Can he take the next step? He was a fun flash in the pan last year. But can he do it consistently over a 30-plus game season? Can he be, because he's going to be keyed on on opposing team scouting reports more so than he was last year. I think about a guy like um, Seamus Lukosius. Does his experience playing in the Big East Help in the Big 12. Uh, so Cactus says they will start 3-0 and come to Cincy ranked 18 through 22, referring to Oklahoma. I, I think about... I think about... Where was I? Lukosius, Aziz Mandego. I think about... I think about a lot of... Um, a lot of the transfers, they're going to be important. But just the the sheer fact that you have a roster that for the first time in however many years looks like a roster that can go to the NCAA tournament. Is that how you see it? Uh, I, I think so. It, it's kind of weird because I really like this roster. I think West did a really good job. Um. My one concern um, would be last year, like we had Nolly and we had to Julius, right? So, and those two were kind of our, our, that was our offense, right? Like those two guys were such a big part of what we did specifically. I mean, Nolly was um, spectacular. That's my one thing of like, do we have the pieces offense? Do we have like the guy, do we have the dudes offensively? Like, do we have guys that are going to be, do we have enough like offensive playmakers? Right. Um, you know, Vic was good, but you know, Vic's a guy, he's, he's in the, he's going to be in the post. Um, Seamus Lukosius is, is I think going to be a good player, high offensive IQ. Um, isn't going to be maybe the, it, is it going to be maybe the shooter that uh, uh, Landers and Alley was? Um, and then you've got point guard, you know, you lose Dave and now you've got two guys that have never played point guard in 
Division One basketball. That's to me a concern. I'll say this though: I think Aziz Bandango, Aziz Bandango changes everything for this team defensively. If he gets that mental health waiver. Yeah, I know. I kind of forget about that. Like they're not even cleared yet. Like I, I had to remind myself of that earlier today. But to your point, that would be bad if that if we don't if we don't have Aziz and does Jamil Reynolds need one as well? I don't. Or is he a grad? I haven't heard anything about Jamil Reynolds. That's another guy too. What about Seamus? Does he need one? I don't think he does. It's it's only if it's only if you transfer a second time before you graduate. Okay, I'm not sure about Jamil Reynolds. They need Aziz Bendango. If if he can't play, we're in a big we're in a lot of trouble. I think it's not going to be fun. Yeah, but I think you like the roster before he transferred here, right? I liked the roster before we before he transferred here. But I think he's the piece that really makes this, like you said, I think that's the piece that that is like w- the reason why we are going to be an NCAA tournament level team. I don't I'm not even saying like we're going to make the tournament. I'm not ready to go like that far. Like, yeah, we're definitely in the tournament. Absolutely. I think we're, we're going to be in the mix. I think we're going to be in the middle towards the middle of that big 12, assuming Aziz plays. Um, but again, like there's, there's question marks still though, right? Like there's, there's just things we haven't seen that you'd like to see. Like, I don't know. Jizzle James. I like Jizzle James. Day Day Thomas. I like those Day Day Thomas. They've never played division one basketball and they're, they're getting thrown in there. They're going to be, there's going to be growing pains, right? That's just how it is. Um, but I, I like this roster as a whole. Like, I think that I like this roster better. Like than I did last year. If that makes sense. I know I said because I think their their front court's really good. I think the front court's great. If everyone gets waivers, I think Odie as your fourth big man is great. I think that's awesome. Everybody knows I'm, I love Vic. Um, Seamus, I really like his game defensively. We'll see like how he slots in. Um, CJ Frederick is interesting because he's a great. I think he's a great shooter. But he, for him, it's just been health, right? Like, if, if, can he be healthy? Um, I love Dan Skillings, too. I think Dan Skillings is a huge X factor. He's probably like the sixth man right now. Should have bought stock a long time ago. Should have bought stock a long time ago. Um, I really like his game. I think, like you said, I think he's like an X factor, right? If he takes a step and he becomes a guy, whether he's off the bench, whether he ends up starting some, which I'm sure he probably will at some point, Um, if he takes steps offensively and can be – I'm not asking him to be like a Landers Nolly, right? I'm I'm asking him to like take a step offensively, make a jump to where, okay, you're you're a consistent – uh, shooter, like he showed, like at times, like he struggled with his shot. At times, he made, you know, he made some shots, but um, yeah, there were some erratic plays. We saw was it the Temple game in the uh, tournament, the AAC tournament, where he was just yeah, he had a great game against them. He was spectacular, unbelievable. Like just, I feel like he's a scratch the surface. Like Wes talks about, like how Vic, like is a guy that like he feel he feels like he's just scratching the surface. That's how I you kind of feel with Dan. It just feels like he he could be really really good, and he needs to take a step. Um, who else am I leaving out on this? That's going to contribute on this. Team? Well, you echoed a lot of sentiments. John Newman the third comes back. Yeah, health. 
But no, no. if he's healthy, he helps. He, he immensely sure, helps sure. you defensively. I think they're. I, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Um. I just think you echoed a lot of sentiments I have, and I mm-hmm. I think about Victor Locke and can he expand his range to sure. have a jump shot? If he does yeah. that, I mean, he is going to be very hard to defend. Yeah, Vic's going to have to work. He's going to have to work on that. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of excitement. There's definitely the the feeling of if you're just joining us over an hour in, uh, we're going to go about. Uh, We'll go a few more minutes here. This will be in podcast form tomorrow. I just think about the excitement that's there with the talent of players and the versatility of yes. this roster. I agree. And if Bandego gets that mental health waiver, yes, this team, that's this team huge. could be. I mean, the crosstown shootout freeze. Now that the Bearcats are in the Big Twelve, has been elevated in terms of excitement, intensity, and anticipation. Because for the first time since 2012. The Bearcats have conference superiority over Xavier. All right, let's move uh, to end the show because of the fantastic weekend it was in Cincinnati. Freeze, you were right in the middle of it. Heck, yeah. Taylor Swift was in Cincinnati. And, I mean, you could probably—I mean, you probably have a hard time picking out what the best event was. Yeah, the Reds and Padres playing a, a really good series. Uh, Connor asking, do I think Jordan and Nike help with talent with all the Nike AAU camps? I sure. think you have to say yes there. That's, That's the other thing too, Freeze. Bring Jordan it back to the Jordan, the Jordan unis from the uh, golden days. It matters. But I think it does matter. Maybe so, not as much as it did 20 years ago, but I think it matters. I'll, I'll give you the floor with the Reds, but I'll yeah. say this. They have completely re-energized me as a fan. What they've done uh, t- tomorrow is, um, or we're coming up on the one-month anniversary. It's Thursday of Ellie De La Cruz's debut. Mm. And in that one month freeze, mm. they have been, here's the thing. Since they, they are ready for this. They are 28 and 11. No, uh, no, 28 and 12 since getting swept by the Yankees. Is that right? That is right. 28 and 12? 28 and 12. Pretty good. Pretty good, huh? I'm Pretty bad. good. So sounds like someone got so happy for people like you who who stuck with them through all those lean years. Yeah. Well, Frank, first of all, I'm glad to hear that you've been re-energized because this is what it. I mean, like you're you're. I mean, you're already you're you were a Reds fan. I mean, I'm maybe not like a, you know, a diehard of diehards, but you you know you followed the team pretty closely and where, but this isn't. This isn't necessarily like I'm 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 a I'm a like a flop this season right now because we were supposed to win 70 games. I think I predicted 68 wins maybe. Um, but it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about any of the diehards. I'm gonna be here whether we win 60 games or we lose 60 games. You know, it's about like I think the city has rallied around the team. And you've got people that like didn't care about the Reds or like didn't care about baseball. Now they're now they care. Like a bar, you know. I was watching the game at a bar. I mean, last night, and Same like people, here. people are cheering. Like it's not a it's not like it's a big you know big bar or anything. There were probably twenty people in there, twenty five people. But like Votto hits a home run, people are clapping, people are cheering, they're excited. You know, when the Reds are thirty three and fifty six, nobody gives a rat's tail. 
right? So I'm happy that people like, like we we're getting, we're packing the stands, you know, we're packing this, the brave series, three basically amounts almost basically even the Padres series. There's a, there's a Taylor Swift concert. There's a million things going on downtown. If I wasn't going to the game Friday, I wouldn't want to be within 10 miles of downtown just because of all the chaos. They still had 35 plus thousand, I think 30 plus thousand, all three. Even days. Sunday when I went the crowd, I mean, you, the lower bowl was completely filled. So it's, it's been it, great. it felt like a football game freeze. Yeah, no, and, and it's been great. And I'm glad the city, cause I know that it's been the last year, like how, with how bad last year was, and it was bad in just about every way imaginable with what, you know, you had the Phil, Con- the Castellini comments, how bad the team was. Everybody got hurt. It was, you know, they're they're coming off of the the off season where they trade Suarez and Winker and everybody. Those are, you know, kind of blindsided the fan base. I mean, a year ago we were talking about, you know, Albert Almoro was hitting walk offs for this team, and now it's like it's incredible because everything's changed. It's just so much has changed. You know, it's like this team's young and they're exciting, and I feel like they're. Like, imagine if they had, imagine if they had starting pitching that was, you know, halfway decent. It's it's been better recently. It's been but better the last three days, last four or five games. Is actually, if you think about it, like every game since the start of the San Diego series, Ashcraft pitched phenomenally on Friday. He goes tomorrow. Yeah. Be will pitched. Um, well. Do what? Be will pitched well on Saturday. I know he lost, but I was happy with him. How good is Andrew Abbott? Andrew Abbott's unbelievable. Right, he's a, a spectacular. His performance on Sunday was, I thought, I I and I was there, and it was. I mean, the fans rallied. I mean, and that's no, that's no, um, yeah. pushover of a Padres lineup. I get it. The Padres aren't very good, like they should no, be. No, it's a tough lineup. That's tough. But it's still, uh, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. It's Jake Cronenworth, Gary Sanchez. Oh, I remember him as a Yankees fan. So I, I might disclose something that might not be. Okay. Reside, but Zach, it's it, I'm watching the game last night, and I'm looking at the Nationals crowd, and the Nationals aren't very good. They they're not ter- they're not completely terrible like they were when they were first in Washington. But like Zach, I remember. Oh, look at this. We got a comment oh, from E Trade oh, Five oh, oh. Elliot. Gonzaga sucks. No, no, Elliot. If, if you don't know. Um, Zach and I, our good friend Elliot, who was with us at Bearcast Media, he blended right in with us because Zach has known him for his whole life. I, I got to know him when I was in Cincinnati. Yeah, we've been married seven years. It's it's been a, it's been a steady marriage. I can attest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll let that go. Any. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So I'm watching the game last night at a bar up here in Columbus, and I say to. I say to uh, a friend of mine I was with from Tampa who wanted to come up here this past weekend for a Reds game. And I say to him, look at the crowd in D.C. The Reds are going to be that team when they go on the road that's going to draw a big crowd. It's very similar to the Bengals. When they got good, look at how many fans travel. I went to New Orleans and Tampa last year. The upper deck, the upper bowl in, every, in both games, orange and black. It never once was that. You remember, you and I went to the Baltimore game in 2019. How many Bengal fans were there? 30? Yeah. You were, yeah, I, I remember that well. 
You'll freeze. When I was – oh, great. Elliot goes, if the Reds win a playoff series this year, is this run more impressive than the Bengals' Super Bowl run? That's actually a good question. That's a really good question. That's actually a really good question. I think it actually is. Can I just I say I think this? it might be too. Because, because – Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I should bring him on. I should add him to the show. <laughs> Elliot, I'll say this. Be, the, the Bengals – I said for the first two months of this season that this Reds team reminds me so much of the 2020 Bengals because they were young, talented, didn't know how to win. But look at what they've done since Ellie De La Cruz came up. Freeze. Their first two games. It's not like they just beat the Pirates. They beat the Dodgers. They went toe-to-toe with the Braves. Who just beat the Marlins 30 to 7 in three games. And considering where this team was last year, I I can't say no to that question. I would say it's tough because I think it's like a it's a tough I'd have to go back like before the 2021 Bengals season. Um, I'd have to go back and ask myself what would be like how surprised I would be if the Bengals made the Super Bowl before the season versus when very surprising. But if you would have told me before this season that the Reds were going to would like win a playoff series, I just think it would have been zero. I would have put it at zero. You Jim Mora. Because I think the Bengals with the Bengals, it would have been like, if you would have, and I was very much like, I didn't think the Bengals were going to be that great that year, but I was like, I mean, Joe Burrow, like, like in football, it's so much like you have, it's, it's hard to compare. Because in football, if you have a quarterback, that's everything. And we thought we we had a pretty good idea that like Joe Burrow was, you know. But you didn't know. Back. We didn't know how good he was, but we had a feeling like we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay with Burrow. Maybe, yeah. maybe not this year. I think we were thinking maybe like twenty two was gonna be like. And that turned out pretty well too. It turned out pretty well too, but but, what but also you didn't know how great Jamar Chase was gonna be. Right. You didn't no, think T. Higgins, you didn't think that T. Higgins was going to take a big leap in year two. You didn't think the defense was going to be as vastly improved as it was. Every free agent hit. You didn't think, I think Zach. I, I mean, Zach. This is the first time I'm going into a season completely confident in Zach Taylor. I think it's just the. I think that I thought the Reds were going to be worse than I would have the Bengals. Does that make sense? Like, I think I yeah. felt like we're going to be crappier this year than I did the 2021 Bengals. I thought the 2021 Bengals were going to be a competitive team that was going to miss the playoffs. Maybe seven, eight wins. And a lot of things broke their way. I thought the Reds would finish last this year. They're in first place. So It's funny, though, because, like, through the first two months, like, every time you felt like you hit a new low, whether it be 17-4 to four losing to the White Sox or whether sure. it be getting swept in Pittsburgh, they kept coming back. Yeah, Like, they swept Texas after losing four straight at Pittsburgh. They got crushed by Philly on a Sunday. They beat Tampa Bay the next day. They had them their first loss of the season in the United States. And so, like, they lose, they lose three in a row last week. They come back and win two ballsy games against a really good Orioles team. And that's why I think, like, when – I think I've changed my stance on, like, when prospects like when you have almost the Reds had basically nothing to lose coming into this season, right? There's so there's such little to lose. That's why I think like when you have prospects that are close or like they're clearly like 
like they're dominating at a level like the way Matt McLean was and the way Ellie was and the way CES is and the way Abbott was like, I don't wait. You don't wait. You just like, cause you never know. Like you just pull the trigger. Right. And they did that. I, I think they did a pretty good job of that. I, I think they handled that pretty well with McLean. Like, cause some teams might like, yeah, we're going to hold off and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll or they rush we're, them. We're going to wait a little bit, you know, we're going to pull this, but they pulled the trigger on McLean. He changed the season. Right, Matt McLean changed the season. That the, the season. So season. Ellie, they brought up Ellie, and the you know, then they built off that. It's like okay, Ellie's spectacular, and they're like, all right, we really need a pitcher. We don't have a. They, they almost had to bring up Abbott, but you know what I mean. Like, I guess they could have brought up Bobby Kennedy to pitch in his spot instead. But they're just like they didn't wait. They didn't like we got nothing to lose. So what if he if Andrew Abbott would, have, would go out and suck? Who cares this year? Like it doesn't. We're kind of – I don't want to say we're playing with house money, but in a way it's like, Alex, what exactly do we have to lose? Now, with that being said, they better not sell at the deadline. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't think – no, I, I don't think they're going to sell. I mean, they have such a good, young, talented pool. I look at – I mean, another guy you didn't mention who's one of my favorite players is TJ Friedel. Yeah. He's because he's – I mean, he, he's a great defensive player in center field. He gets on base. He steals. He's aggressive. He also has the occasional – hit for power. I'll, I want to ask you this with the Bengals, and I'll yeah. say this about FC Cincinnati. It's really cool what they're doing because, again, a few years ago, they were the laughing stock of MLS. Like the Bearcats making the jump from the AAC to the Big 12, the Bearcat, uh, FC Cincinnati went from the uh, USL to MLS. It was a rough transition, but they made some progress last year winning a playoff match, and now this year they're the best team in, in the Eastern Conference in MLS. I'll, I want to ask you this question to end about the Bengals. Yeah. Is this year Super Bowl or bust? Such a tough question. I don't I don't like I don't like that, but nice to, it's nice to have this debate, isn't it? I would say we're gonna we're 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 there. I would say we're there. I, I think we're to the point where we go into the season. We're going into seasons now. If we don't win the Super Bowl, it's a – I don't like saying disappointment. I, I would say if you don't go to the AFC Championship game again, it's a disappointment. I don't want to – I don't like saying, like, if we don't win the Super Bowl, the season's a failure and we suck and it's – this is – There are those who might say that. I don't like that particularly – that's also just kind of how it is, right? There's there's 30, you know, what 31 teams that are upset. There are 31 teams that are that are losers, and there's one winner, right? Kind of. We not saw, always, but we saw last year how hard it was to get back. It's I mean, hard. the Bengals were four, were four and four. Three of those losses in their own division. It's I mean, tough. when they, I mean, they played the AFC East and beat every team. I mean, the regular season game against Buffalo didn't happen, but they crushed them in the playoffs. I mean, I'll obviously be – if we don't win the Super Bowl, I'd obviously be disappointed. No, I mean, that's not – that goes without saying. It'd be disappointing what? given is that you have a team that can do it. Is it a failure? I don't know if it's a failure. I don't failure. think so. I don't think it's a Kansas failure. Kansas City's so good. I think and you're going to have to run through them. I think we're going to get one. I really th- – I think we're going to get one in, in the next three years. I think this year might be the year. I think it could be this year. I think it's. I think it's going to happen. I'll say this: 
I think the AFC Championship game loss humbled this team in a way that's going to be very beneficial. Yeah. I think but we will end there. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. No, but we are. I mean, it's a fair question because we're kind of getting into the territory of like where we kind of expect to be in the AFC Championship game. No, I think that's an expectation. Of You're like, in the conversation, which is great. You're in the best rivalry in the NFL, which is great. But the yeah, Chiefs I mean, have two. The Chiefs have two rings. You don't have any. I'll put it this way. If we don't get to the AFC Championship game, I will consider it a, a very, 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 very disappointing season. It's hard, to say. it's hard to say. That's hard to say right now. What if we go – If yeah, I don't know. But the NFL is kind of like that, though. Like, like what, the Packers, they went 15-1 and one that one year, right? Or 16 – they had one, yeah. one or two losses in the regular Lost season. Lost their first playoff game. Was that the was that against the Niners? Is that what I'm that thinking? That was against the Giants. Yeah. And then and two years ago, they were 13 and four and lost to a Niners team they never should have lost to. Right. Exactly. So yeah, they, nobody. Yeah, you don't. They don't. They're not looking upon that fondly. So yeah, I mean, we gotta. We're in the window now. I think we we're we got to get to the AFC Championship game. We got to get there. The AFC Championship game. We'll end there. Zach, this was fun. Thank you, as always. He's at Freezy at 27 on Twitter. I'm at Frankie underscore Natty on Twitter. Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore. Zach Freeze. I forget your Instagram name, but he's on Instagram. um, I think it's Zach Freeze underscore. You don't even know it. How about that? You don't even know it. And then email Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Zach, thanks to all of you. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. This will be in podcast form tomorrow. Have a great rest of your 4th of July. Zach, same to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on Locked On Bearcats. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.